Hello and welcome to State of Crime. One state, two murders, lots of crime, but now we're going back down under for kangaroo crime and <laughs> wallaby crime and throw another shrimp on the barbie crime. And... So if you didn't know, we're in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> um, now before we start, uh oh, started watching Mindhunter again. Oh, are you so, liking it? See, okay. I watched a little bit of the first season. I just, I wasn't feeling it okay so when it first came out on netflix uh -huh. i watched the first episode and a half and i was like this is dumb i'm not into it and then i started watching it again and i'm still like only a few episodes into the first season okay i fucking love it okay so i need I, I'll, I'll give it another chance it's but... so good okay because well first of all the actors that they have portraying so basically what it is is it is a fictionalized version right. of the two FBI agents who started the whole um, profiling right. of serial killers. Yes. And this was before the term serial killer was a thing. They had start it started with sequence killers, mm -hmm. which was anything three or more. And it follows the two FBI agents as they go around and start interviewing known murderers. And it starts with Ed Kemper. And then they continue on to other ones and stuff like that. And it also shows them having to go through the process through the FBI to even be, get the okay to do this. And it's so good. Okay, so I'll give it another try. I have gotten totally sidetracked. So I watched Fleabag on Amazon Prime, which everyone should watch. Okay. And I watched the Black Lady comedy sketch show on HBO, which is hysterical like I was crying laughing it's so so good I've watched the new Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr specials on Netflix um maybe unpopular opinion I have over here I hate like all caps hate Dave Chappelle I think a lot of people do. I know he's very controversial in his comedy. Oh, I am all about the controversial comedy. I just think it's not funny. His stuff specifically. Really? I just don't think he's See, funny. He kills me. Oh no, not I don't I watched his the not the one that he I think it was his last The previous one where it was the it has the funny lot names. Yeah. 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 Um I think it was his last special that he put out on Netflix. I watched it and I was like this is the one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Like I well, just can't he... He is this generation's George Carlin. I just he not. really is, and I think because he he does he's he's gone beyond just doing comedy and just really nuanced social commentary. And I think that's what a lot of people don't get is the nuance. Mm -hmm. And they think oh he's bashing this group and hating this group, and he's not. Like yeah. he's he's doing something else. We'll it's satire, like and and satire is difficult because you know like I, it it reads. You know, if you're just looking at it, if you're just reading words on page, yeah, it comes across as, oh, you know, this is a horrible thing. But that's not what it's doing. It, yeah, and I agree because, like, you, I I used to be, like, a huge fan of Bo Burnham. And if you look mm -hmm. at Bo, Bo oh, Burnham's I love Bo Burnham. Old, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't like it, his new stuff, but, like, I used to be a huge fan of that. So, like, the controversial side of it isn't mm -hmm. what bugs me. Just There's just something about him that I'm like, you are not funny. To me, like I just don't, I can't, yeah. I can't. But Mindhunter, it's gotten really good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Circle back around. Um, also, I haven't watched it. You haven't watched it. I actually don't even really know what it's called right now. I forgot. Uh, there is a new HBO 
series uh-huh. that is about the Jennings Eight that we have. Covered. Oh, it's on Showtime. 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 That's what I meant. I yes. Just, yeah, I said HBO. I meant Showtime. Showtime. Um, do you know what it's called? I don't, and we should look that up. But we are also working on a follow up to our Jennings Eight yes. episode. We can't really discuss much because everything's still kind of up in the air, right. but. Um, but we are in contact with someone close to the case yeah. of the Jennings 8. So there will be an update. I don't know if it's going to be soon. Probably not because we are going to be doing a lot of back and right. forth with this person that we are in contact with now. And we want to make sure that we get everything perfected before right. we actually put yeah. anything out there. Yes. So, But I figured there is a Showtime series about it that if any of you wanted, to, if you enjoyed that case... Um, that is one of our most, one of our top, I believe it's in the top five of our most listened right. to cases. And, well, because there's so much there that is just the absolute worst of what you associate with cold cases. Right. You know, as far as feeling like people's lives were not respected, first and foremost, that the community was not respected, that the people who cared about these people were not respected. Mm-hmm. That you have that ubiquitous thin blue line that, you know, is always there circling law enforcement. And there's a whole lot of bad, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, bubbling there. So, not only did I bring up the Jennings 8 because we are in contact with someone close and we have decided that we are going to do a follow-up with it. But I also brought it up because part of it kind of pertains to... My case today. I figured it was a nice, nice little segue. segue. So in the Jennings 8, the major belief thus far is that the police are involved. Right. And the major belief in my case today is that the police are involved. You know, and I hate that because like I said, I always feel so torn on this. I, 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 I know have talked about on previous episodes, you know, my belief that if you are convicted of domestic violence, you should not own a gun. Period. The end. But that would wipe out 40% of law enforcement from owning a gun. You know, we've talked about the fact that, um, you know, like I said, there is this, the fact that, you know, police departments across the country are quote unquote self-policing, which is just ridiculous on its face. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, I don't know. I don't care what the organization is, you have to have transparency. Mm-hmm. And this feeling in, and, and like I said too, I grew up in the 70s where if a perp was running away from a cop, they could not shoot them. And now it's just like, you can fucking shoot them because you feel unsafe. I mean, that is such a ridiculous line. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and there are great police officers out there and... There are the worst of the worst out there. And you have to be able to hold both of those ideas in your mind. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but that that's just real life. And that is true of everybody. As a teacher, there are great teachers out there. And there are scumbag pieces of garbage in the well, in my profession. You've, you've covered a couple of one a couple of teachers who have gone on mass killings. Yes. So There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So We today are going to talk about Dr. George Duncan. Okay. 
Now, George Duncan was born on July 20th, 1930. So this is going back quite a ways. This is kind of historical for you, girl. I mean, to an extent. He, yeah. died, he died in the 70s. You're so. getting into my territory. So he was born on July 20th, 1930 in London. Okay. He was the only child of his parents, Ronald Duncan, and Ronald's second wife, Hazel. What a British name. Hazel. Hazel. They actually weren't British. They were from New Zealand. Oh, okay. His parents were from New Zealand, okay. but he was born in London. Alrighty. And they ended up moving to Victoria, Australia in 1937. So when um, George was only seven years old, they moved to Australia. And he attended the Melbourne, Melbourne. Whoa. Oh, so you're in Melbourne too. Yes. Look at that. Um, he attended the uh, Melbourne grammar school and he graduated in 1947 so okay. when he was 17 years old he started going to the university of melbourne and he was studying um something something i lost <laughs> my word he was studying language okay so and, linguistics yes and uh that word. Hold on. Linguistics Words. and philology. Oh, philology. Yep, that one. Which is the study of language in oral and written historical cases, sources. So. Okay, so is he the murderer? We'll get there. Okay. I'm not there yet. So he <laughs> ends up he ends up dropping out of college in 1950. Okay. Because he contracted tuberculosis. So that's a good excuse. Yes. I can't come to class today. I got the TB. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, so he then moves back to the UK. Okay. And he enters the St. John's College at Cambridge. Ooh, that's kind of fancy schmancy. Yes. So he's a smart boy. Yes. I mean, studying philology should, was my first clue, but he's he, smart. I guess I didn't mention this before. He did graduate high school with honors. Okay. So he was a smart dude. Yeah. Um, he, so he goes to Cambridge and he's awarded a handful of degrees. He ends up getting his, um, he gets a bachelor in law, a master's in law and a PhD. Wow. Yes. And so from 1966 to 1971, he taught law part-time at the university of Bristol. Okay. He, so then, he's in England. Yes. Okay. He then um, published his doctoral thesis in 71. Okay. And then he, so at this point, he's fairly wealthy. He's got numerous degrees. He's put out his thesis. He's working part-time. He, he's got good things going. So right. he's got some money. He's not a broke man. He's well, I'm assuming his parents had some money too, given. Yeah. Okay. So he then moves back to Australia. Okay. On March 25th, 1972. And he takes a job at the University of Adelaide in um, teaching law. He was, a, he was a professor. And six weeks later, he's found dead. <gasps> I loved that. That was a great oh, reaction. I, I know. Because <laughs> I'm assuming... Okay, so keep going. I'm dying. So this was something that I had no fucking clue was a thing. Did you know that in Australia, it was illegal to be a gay, a gay man? Yes, because England had law. The United States had laws against that. Um, yeah. So, George Duncan is gay. Is gay, and he was not the only one 
found in so he ends up drowned in a river. Ooh. Yes. But he was not the only one that was found. He was just the only one that had died. So. I have a feeling that we're going to end up getting accused by Kyle again of kink shaming here. (laughs) So, at this point, it was still illegal to be gay. And if I, I looked into the laws a little bit, and from what I understand, it was all gay. It was only illegal to be a gay man. Okay. But lesbians were okay. And again, this is very, very... So in the United States, for instance, almost all states have laws on the books against... They use a more polite term, but I'm just going to call it what it is, anal sex. Okay. It's technically illegal in almost every state in the United States, or at least was at some point, some states. And that is exactly why. It was a way of targeting male homosexuals. I also would like to point out the fact that there are also some states that it's like illegal to have sex with your socks on. So like, true. (laughs) you know what I mean? There's just, I have a feeling that's a totally hetero thing (laughs) or lesbian. Maybe that's there how they got the lesbians. I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) So it was still illegal to be gay in South Australia Mm -hmm. at this time. And there was part of the banks of the Torrens river, which was also known as the number one beat. Um, was a very popular place for gay men to meet. Okay. So it was kind of like a lover's lane type thing. And police were very aware of it. Uh-huh. They, and I don't know, I don't know why gay men would still go there if they knew that the police were aware of it and people were like getting arrested and shit, like find a new place. But that, that seems to be true of many places. Yeah. So, so around 11 p.m. on May 10th, 1972... George Duncan and another man named Roger James were both thrown in the river. Oh my God. George was drowned and Roger suffered a broken ankle and he ended up not being murdered. He did not drown. Good. So he crawled into the road and ended up being rescued by a passing driver. Okay. And this driver ends up taking him to the Royal Adelaide Hospital and... This is bonkers to me. The man that picked him up on the side of the road that saved him and took him to the hospital later was convicted of child murder. Oh my God. Well, that's kind of like my case. So Australia is also the land of crazy coincidences. Right. Yeah. yeah. The nephew also murdered his family with poison. And was hanged, by the way. Correct. Now, (laughs) by time... That the television crew got to the area of this murder, of Uh where George Duncan was found dead. Authorities had already gotten his body out of the water. Okay. But they ended up putting him back so that the television crews could record the rescue. Oh, that is horrible. Right. So, not only, first of all, that is disrespectful as fuck. Right. Second... What about your evidence? Exactly. You are killing every ounce of evidence yes. that you have by just putting his body back and then pulling him back Oh out my God. Just so that it could be recorded and aired on the media. That is messed up. Right. But, like I said earlier, it is already part of the public's opinion that police were involved. Right. So that would make sense. They don't care mm-hmm. about their evidence. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
So he, so his body was returned to the river so that the film crew could film the recovery of his body. Mm-hmm. Now, Roger later would decline to identify who his ta- attackers were. Uh-huh. Which is not something abnormal. Okay. Because you think about it, if somebody tries to murder you, and maybe, let's say it is the police. He, no, I'm not going to say nothing. Right. Because right. now you're even more scared. The police aren't going to do yes. anything about it, one. Right. And then, two, you're already doing something illegal because you're gay. Right. And, like, now you're just scared for your fucking life. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say anything either. I'd go into hiding and be like, bye, I'm done. Exactly. And the stigma. So this, I mean, you know... Targeting gay men is very much like targeting sex workers, mm-hmm. and it has all the same issues that we've often discussed. Correct. So, so um, a law enforcer, his name is Don Don Dunstan. He offered Roger government protection. Okay, good for him. Yes, um, to not only Roger but to also any witnesses after it was was reported okay. because he didn't want these people to not come forward because they feared for their lives. So good for him. Right. Um, so within days of the murder, there was already a ton of suspicion that it was a group of men that killed Duncan and then had assaulted Which Roger. makes sense because how are you going to overpower two, two grown men, exactly. you know, who are healthy? And... Exactly. Now... So I'm thinking... You have police who are targeting gay men. Mm-hmm. So it is now suspected that there were three senior vice squad police officers involved. There were witnesses that claimed that the detectives were also accompanied by a tall civilian man who was not identified. Okay. The detectives had given, um, they were called to give their evidence, but they refused to answer any of the questions. And they ended up being suspended from duty, and eventually they resigned. And I don't know if their resignation was they chose to quit or they were forced to quit. You get the feeling that it was probably that we're going to offer you the professional courtesy To let you resign. Yes. Or we're going to fucking fire Mm -hmm. you. So either Mm -hmm. way, you're gone. Right. Right. The coroner gave his... Findings on July 5th, 1972, saying that the incident was a frolic and that he failed to find sufficient evidence to prosecute any of the officers. Of course. Of course. (sighs) So, two of these officers ended up being put on trial. Oh. And they were acquitted. Surprise. 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 Which is also strange because... But actually, to be honest with you, I'm shocked... That they were put on trial. That they even made it to trial. Correct. Me too. I was like, what? Especially in the... This is in the 70s. You know, honestly, that's kind of amazing. Mm -hmm. So, there was a big... There was a lot of public speculation, a lot of suspicion, a lot of scrutiny on the law enforcement Mm -hmm. um, that Don Dunstan ended up being... He ended up going to the police commissioner and called in the called in detectives from London. Oh wow! To come investigate the murder because he, I think this dude actually was doing something good because not only yeah. did he he offered government protection to the living to, to witnesses and the witnesses, he now has fired or 
for lack of better right. terms, he fired yeah. the people who were involved or were said to be involved. He at least did something. I mean, yeah. And now he's going out of his jurisdiction to bring in another law enforcement people from out of the country. Which is phenomenal. Huge to come yeah. investigate because mm-hmm. he's like, this isn't, right. something's so you, wrong here. Right. So these are people that aren't, hopefully aren't corrupted. Right. So like, good for this dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, but their report was never made public. Cover up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that led to the... So this is a term that I wasn't able to look up. I know it's got something to do with law enforcement, but with terms being different. It's a crown solicitor. Okay, so a solicitor is a type of lawyer. So this would have been a high... Like a I high would assume, yeah, lawyer. like a, a yes, exactly, a, a high-ranking lawyer sort and of I, thing. So he announced on October twenty-fourth, nineteen seventy-two, that he had decided against prosecuting some of these people. Of course, he did. Of course, he did. Uh. And on July thirtieth, okay, so it means a lawyer holding a warrant of appointment as a crown solicitor from the governor general. So, like I said, yeah, it's pretty, you know, high up there. Mm-hmm. On July 30th, 1985, former Vice Squad officer Mick O'Shea told a newspaper that the group involved were Vice Squad officers and that there was a cover-up to protect them. Of course there was. Of course. And a year later, on, on February 5th, 1986, three former Vice Squad officers, Brian Hudson, Francis Colley, and Michael Clayton, were all charged with manslaughter... Of hmm. George Duncan. Um, oh. Francis Colley and Michael Clayton were eventually, they were the only two that ended up going to trial in 1988. And they were both acquitted of all charges on September 30th after they refused to testify. Okay. Which, that is another thing that like, I understand that it is rare to have a defense team allow a to allow somebody to testify because right. most defenses don't want it because normally yes. they end up digging themselves in a deeper hole. Right, right. Right, and it doesn't let the defense do their job. So yes. I get it to an extent, but at the same time, it's also kind of one of those things w- with like a polygraph where it looks bad if you take or if you do, if it looks bad if you refuse one, but if you fail one, it looks bad too. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like a double ed- exactly. double-edged sword. Because it, it kind of follows along the same lines because it's like, oh, they refuse to testify. Sketchy as fuck. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, if they were to testify, then it's like, oh, they fucked up because they let him testify. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So it's it's a little weird. So during the trial, um, Mick O'Shea, who was the one that had told the newspapers that like it was these three vice cops... He made specific allegations that it was common practice for vice squad officers to throw homosexuals into the river. And that on one occasion, they had chased an individual while firing their gun at him. Oh my gosh. So they're, this, this yeah. dude's running, they're shooting at him while chasing him down the fucking road. Um, yeah. So there were more allegations allegations later that there had been an attempt to influence a juror to find the two officers not guilty. Again, big surprise. Mm -hmm. And in, there ended up being a police task force set up 
and they reported to the parliament in 1990 that there was insufficient evidence to charge any person with the murder. And yeah, fucking. And that's the end? No, that's, there's okay. more. So there was another, I ended up reading an article and this was posted in August of 2019. And they talked about in this article the huge impact that this had on the stigma around gay people in Australia. And that it had, uh, it ended up leading to a big question on whether or not to let, um, gay marriage be legal in Australia. What? Good. Right. Because like this dude died six weeks after being in this place. Right. Well, and when you just look at the history of the persecution of LGBTQ people, I mean, it is, it's just sickening. Like at any time, it's just like, who the hell cares? Do you right. know what I mean? Like I've never understood why people get so worked up about who you want to sleep with. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just despicable that whole strain in human history. Right. So by the time that the two vice members were acquitted, first of all, it wasn't even for murder. It was for manslaughter, manslaughter. which is bullshit. Right. Sorry. I could have, I mean, I would even give it fucking second degree murder mm -hmm. because granted, I still, to an extent would think first degree murder, but they probably didn't target him specifically. It was probably just because he was there and they knew he was gay. So they were like, meh, kill him. But by the time that the acquittal happened, there had been a huge outrage over this death and it ended up resulting in a bipartisan push in South um, South Australia's parliament uh -huh. to decriminalize homosexuality. Good. And that was the first big success that the country had into changing their laws. Their laws. Along with Tasmania. Well, Tasmania ended up being the last state in Australia to change the laws and that was in 1997. Jeez. So it was still over 20 years after Well, I'm going to say, the there's still states and like I said, all over here that have laws on the books, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of sad now because there is a new professor who is now um, he is the executive dean at the University of Adelaide that, that George had once taught at. Mm -hmm. And he said that he believes that the memories of his death have faded. And he had said that one of the reasons, he thinks that one of the reasons why is for the first time he, he ha well, he had never spoken up before this because he was scared about retaliation. Yeah, yeah, there you go. He said, Mr. Duncan only touched us lightly. He was in Adelaide for only six weeks. He had so much more to give. And But what happened to him and the reaction to that have, has left a legacy that will change us forever. So in many ways, he's almost a martyr. You know, right. I mean, where his death his, you know, is a tragedy, but it spurred people on to take action for the good. And they still have his file at the university. Wow. Still. It, which I just showed, I showed you mm -hmm. the picture of it. And you can tell it's old and it's mm -hmm. worn. And it says 1971. 
um, the University University of Adelaide. It's got his name on it, and it says appointments for appointment as lecturer in Department of Law. But here's the sad thing. The people who murdered him are never going to be brought to justice. Never. And maybe someday their names will be revealed and that, you know, and we might get to know the truth of it. Um, but they got away with it. Yeah. As did so many. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a man named Tim Reeves. He is a historian and he has devoted most, a lot of his professional life into pulling pieces of evidence from this case to be able to try to do something about it, what I, which I think is awesome. But he said that the light touch that George Duncan left on Australia means there's very little physical evidence of him that remains. Um, his user, his university fi- employment file, a single black and white photo and one battered suitcase is all that was left. It was basically all that he had when he moved there, which is so sad. But he ends up, he ended up searching through the suitcase for anything. Um, well, the suitcase was kept in police storage on order to, orders of the coroner, which is weird. Like, why does the coroner care what is happening with his suitcase? Right. But I don't know who handles the chain of evidence either. Do yeah. you know what I mean? That might yeah. be something that's a little different too. Uh-huh. But... Earlier this year, the there was a request for a new search to be made on his suitcase. The coroner's office finally resolved the mystery in one email, saying on um, on November first, two thousand twelve, the following exhibits were destroyed: his suitcase, a suitcase, toiletries, a photo, travel books, insurance forms academic correspondence, legal documents, and bank statements. So just in case there was any forensic evidence clinging to those. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. Um, Apparently they were authorized for destruction by the major crime investigation branch. So like. Again, they're covering up for these dudes. They're covering up and there's no other. Like this is. This is like the epitome of like police cover up because everybody fucking knows it's happening. They've tried to put them on trial. The stupid fucking jurors acquitted them like dumb fucks. And which I think that even I feel like it could have even been more than just the jury. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it, think about it. If you were on a jury where you're trying to it would be fucking scary. Of course it would. It would be terrifying to know that they are police officers. And if they get off and they know that you were sitting on their jury. And that you voted against them, you're probably fucking next. Yeah. It would be terrifying. Like. Like I said, there's so many problems, you know, inherent in legal systems around the world, including ours. And it's just heartbreaking. Right. So, Tim Reeves and John Williams both believed that the, the destruction of the suitcase was nothing more than a bureaucratic bungle, um, but it was certainly not a good look. It gave unfortunate history of, South, um, of the South Australian police and the George Duncan case. Um, Mr. Reeves said that one would have thought they would have gone out of their way to make sure nothing unturned, mm-hmm. unta- untoward, thank you, <laughs> happened to one, to any of the items that remained after right. his death. He also said, or, uh, the professor 
Williams said that I fear that this is just a normal administrative failure where nobody appreciated just what they had. They've missed a moment, which is sad. I wish that I could believe that, but I kind of don't. Mm-hmm. Well, and then um, another one said that we don't make enough of what George Duncan's death led to. I think there are a lot of young LGBTQ plus um, people around Australia who don't realize that what they what they all have now started on the banks of River Torrens in 1972. Mm. But, like, it's so sad. But at the same time, had that not happened, where would their laws be Exactly. Today? I mean, and, you know, I mean, as tragic and horrific as this is, God bless the people of Australia who said, we're no, this is enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this death, that's enough is enough to persecute people for whom they love. Right. Because the United States sure as hell took a hell of a lot longer. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And the fact that today it's still an issue. You know, I mean, I do look at we've come a very, very long way. Right. And yet just the fact that we still have so far to go is discouraging sometimes. I mean, when I look back, I really, really thought that at this stage of my life, we'd be past so much of the sexist, racist homophobic bullshit, you know, and it just seems like it feels so often like it's one step forward, two steps back and I'm exhausted. It's tiring. Mm -hmm. It's exhausting. I hate politics. And I'm sad, (laughs) you know, well, this just goes to me, it goes beyond politics. This is about human decency, Yeah. you know, and if you embrace a religion that says do unto others as you would have them do unto you, what is so fucking hard about that? I agree. Sorry, I was taking a drink. Oh, no, it's fine. And I'm all emotional. (laughs) Oh, you poor thing. Stop it. I can't handle you right now. I know, but it just... So, change of subject. Oh, Elena, you're going to kill me. I'm a sympathetic crier, so if I see you start crying, I'm going to start crying, and then it's going to be a shit show, so we cannot do that. Okay, so, on a positive note, things have changed. Yes. Some things have changed. Um, so, like, it does suck that somebody had to die for that, for stuff in Australia to change. But look at where people are now. It is better. It is better. Now you can sue people for not baking a cake for your wedding. So, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Just, I'm, I'm a witch, bitches! I'm a witch! <laughs> So, yeah, we're going to change the subject now so she stops crying because I can't handle it. Um, So next week, did we decide what we're doing next week? Japan. We're going to Japan. Japan. Because Japan, you think of Japan as the land of anime and Buddhism, there's some messed up stuff. (laughs) So we're going to have fun with that one. We have decided, I think after Japan, we are going to somewhere in South America. We haven't decided yet. And then after that, we are coming back back to the United States and we will start back where we left off. Yes. I don't know what our first date there will be yet. I don't remember either. I don't remember. I have a list. We've got our list. (laughs) Um, So next week we'll be in Japan, which is going to be fun because I cannot pronounce English words, much less words in other 
uh, languages. So, so just so just know we're going to mispronounce things and we're apologizing ahead of right. time. Right, like I can barely speak English, much less other languages. That's right. So <laughs> there'll be a lot of phonetic stumbling yes. in that one. So. so we are apologizing ahead yes. of time. We will also probably put in a disclaimer at the beginning of our next episode. Yes. Like, hey, sorry, <laughs> things are going to be wrong here, but we can only do so much. That's right. Um, Marie Kondo, help us. <laughs> For real. This so, brings joy. Yeah, if it doesn't bring joy, get it out of here. That's right. So um, make sure that if you are listening on an Apple product, you go into your Apple podcast and rate and review us. Um, It helps us out a ton. Make sure you check out our Twitter and our Instagram, and you can join our Facebook discussion group, which is always a little bit of everything. Yes, and we love it. There's some fun stuff. There's some down stuff. It's just kind of all all over the place. Um, So make sure you join our Facebook discussion group. We love having people come chit-chat with us. Yes, we do. Um, If you have any suggestions, make sure you either message our Facebook page so we can fight over it, or (laughs) email our our, or email us at stateofcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Sorry, words got away from me. But if you email us, I'll probably get it first because she checks our email less than I do. It's true. But if you send it to Facebook, she'll probably get it first because it doesn't notify me anymore. And it's Mwah. pissing me off. <laughs> she, stole, she stole the last one. She already claimed the last one. I did. So, but we do really enjoy suggestions. Yes, it, we do. Because we're both la- we're both lazy procrastinators. We are the hugest procrastinators. And so <laughs> if we don't have to wait till Friday evening to look for a case that we're going to record Saturday evening. We're so appreciative. We're so appreciative to be able to just like have one handed to us. It helps us so much. We're the worst. We really do love doing this though. We do. We do. And, and, we, and like we, we love, love. And honestly, the thing that makes it worthwhile is hearing from you guys and mm-hmm. you know what you like or don't like. I mean, that's why we're here. So right. thank you for listening. We appreciate you more than you can even realize. So until next time, see ya.